This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming from the cockpit of a TIE fighter, the Millennium Falcon, an X-Wing, a Naboo Starfighter, whatever you want to say I'm coming from, because here we are talking about Star Wars Visions. That's right. Star Wars Visions is the hit compilation of shorts featuring an ever vast Star Wars universe of characters. And the cool thing about it is they are about nine episodes, each headed by a different animation studio. So really cool concept. Um, This is our second outing. This is volume two. Uh, We did a cover of volume one back in 2021. That's when the original one came out. Volume two just dropped this past May the 4th. And I'm here to talk about it. With me, as always, is nobody. I'm alone. This is a Grandmaster Hoop show today, and that's all right. So I'm here by myself talking Star Wars visions. I'm going to try to keep it short and quick. But uh, shoot, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, So if anybody doesn't know about Star Wars visions, it's a really cool concept. As I said, it's nine episodes, but each is headed by a different animation studio. So if you miss volume one, go back and watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. These are all on Disney+. Plus, And... When originally this was pitched, it was shopped to a bunch of anime studios. So studios that, uh, you know, obviously make anime. And that was a really cool concept to see Star Wars in such a fashion. Because, again, anime uh, visuals are very sleek. They're very crisp. The art style is very unique and different from Western 2D animation. And, of course... If you're going to use an animation anime studio, we, of course, want to see these like bombastic, like fight choreo and style. We got a lot of that in volume one and it was cool. It was cool. Volume two, I think they up the ante a bit and I think they do something really cool. So, again, Star Wars, uh, you're allowed to you can do any basically story that you want with Star Wars here. And, and you can, you know, you have creative freedom. You don't have to stick to any known mythos. You don't have to, you know, follow. Oh, I'm in the Clone Wars period. I'm in the uh, Empire period. I'm in post-Empire. You don't have to do it. You could do whatever you want with this. So one, that's really cool that Lucasfilm allows these animation studios to go ahead and just kind of create their own story within the Star Wars universe. Now, instead of just going to Japan and Korea... This time around, we got 
nine different studios all across the globe. And with that, we get this cool, very, we get a variety of animation styles that is really cool to see with these Star Wars stories and how they play out. And yeah, I mean, just what a concept, what a concept. Uh, Star Wars is definitely has international fame and to allow, you know, these countries to come in and, you know, give their take on this world. And again, dare I say some of this stuff is better than what we've been given with the people over here in the U.S. making this stuff. Uh, without without further ado, let me uh, just go ahead and tell you. Uh, so there's nine. There's nine of them. Let me just go ahead and just give you the rundown of. So we get El Giri, That's Spain. So we got Spain. Cartoon Saloon, which is based in Ireland. Punk Robot from Chile. Ardman, and yes, that is the Ardman, the same Ardman from Chicken Run, uh, and Wallace and Gromit from the UK. They are here bringing their comedy expertise to Star Wars. Uh, Studio Mur, which is based out of uh, South Korea. Uh, another very popular one, Studio Mur. If you do not know Studio Mur, uh, I mean, their biggest claim to fame that I know is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Legend of Korra. They did Legend of Korra. Uh, so any Avatar fans, if you love Legend of Korra, that's Studio Mur. Uh, Voltron, Legendary Defender, Dota, Dragon's Blood. They got they got a nice little array. Um, I think the funniest entry in their pantheon is the Boondocks, which a lot of people over here argue whether or not the Boondocks is an anime. I think it's safe to say the Boondocks is an anime, but they're here, Studio Mur. Studio La Cache from france 88 pictures from india the art shitagio which is a an american-owned anime studio out of japan and then there's triggerfish from south africa so that's literally across the globe i think they hit every continent but australia and antarctica and that's crazy that's great i'm glad we're reaching every corner of the world to reach more corners of the galaxy in this galaxy far far away i think that's a beautiful concept right off rip so volume two already has my attention just based off that uh with that said too these animation studios are not just giving you star wars stories and they're all they all look the same no they're all very different so uh you know like i said volume one was very anime influenced uh studio Mur and the art those are your, they give the classic anime vibes for sure. Uh, so if you're looking for those, those two episodes that they did, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop the names in a bit. Don't y'all worry. Uh, those two are probably the most anime looking of them. Uh, but I think what's really cool here, we get three of these studios, Punk Robot, Ardman, and Triggerfish. Uh, and again, if y'all know these studios better than me, please correct me if I'm wrong. But to me, these are, well, I know Ardman for sure. These are all stop motion uh, or a variation on stop motion or a take on stop motion. So, yeah, uh, an art form that's rarely ever seen anymore. Uh, obviously, we've seen probably the biggest rise of stop motion back when we saw uh, the Leica films that they were pushing out, uh, including Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, The Missing Link, Box Trolls, to name a few. 
Uh, and then Ardman, of course, has always been around with Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run and Flushed Away and Chicken Run 2 is coming out soon. Uh, and Triggerfish. Uh, oh, let me let me just let me just. OK, uh, these are so it's stop motion, but each of these do something different. So Punk Robot, uh, they did the episode of Lost in the Star and I was or I'm sorry, in the stars is the name of the title in the stars for me. It was a very cool, like, mm, it looked like a better version of Robot Chicken. It looked like a better version of Robot Chicken. Uh, they looked like action figures, and they moved better than Robot Chicken, though. Uh, and, and there's just such an art form in putting all those set pieces together. And then, you know, it's like frame by frame. These things are like a minute or a second after second to get these shots in. So you know, like major kudos to them, because uh, that one out of out of these three uh, stop motion looking ones probably looks the best and the coolest. Uh, Ardman comes in with the classic claymation stop motion, and it's funny to see the world of Star Wars through the eyes of. And again, like you could line these characters up next to Wallace and Gromit or the chickens from Chicken Run, and they look like they fit right in. And it's funny to see their take on you know this world uh which is predominantly that episode was set in tatooine and but like we get twi'leks and their big old eyes we get a wookie and we get uh basically their version i wouldn't call it a pod race but a star cruiser race through uh tatooine wedge antilles is here um and it's their style of comedy too this uh I don't even know how to describe their style of comedy. This off-brand kind of, uh, I don't know. I think it's like UK humor. It's great. It's funny. And it's just cool to see a well-known animation studio tackle Star Wars. Because, shoot, I mean, why not? Why not? Why don't we give, like, some of these, the film treatments, you know? Uh, just a, here's a film by Ardman, and it's a comedy Based in Star Wars. That's what they give you here. Triggerfish is a cool looking one as well. Triggerfish looks like plush dolls uh, come to life. Uh, I really can't describe I me. Mean, if you're looking at my background, that uh, this one right here, uh, that's that's the best way I can describe it. They're like plush dolls. And again, all these things look so great. They're so cool to watch. Like I give them mad props. I could never, I, I mean, if someone wants to teach me how to do stop motion, I'll gladly join the class and do it. But that, that is incredible to make these things come. There's so much life in them when clearly it doesn't look like there's much life in them to begin with. And they do such a great job. So stop motion is here. Stop motion is here. Uh, we do get CGI. We do get CGI. Uh, El Giri from Spain and Studio 88 from India. Uh, they definitely give us uh, CGI, but... I mean, we're definitely in this Star Wars TV era where all the TV shows that are animated are in CGI. The Clone Wars, Bad Batch, which is a continuation of the Clone Wars, Rebels and Resistance. They all have this form of CGI. And I, I think, you know, for what we've been given, Clone Wars, especially the final season peak and by extent Bad Batch as well. Uh, Rebels is kind of a step down a little, in my opinion. I know some people have gotten used to it and they enjoy it, uh, but 
what they do here is so creative, especially in El Giri, in my opinion. So El Giri, they basically take CGI models and it's like they throw them onto a canvas. And when I say canvas, this episode is even has like themes of painting and, you know, uh, painting your destiny and future. And there's all these watercolors and splashes of paint. And there's like times where it's like the canvas is undone, but yet we're going through a hallway and she'll step on to some white areas. And then we're in a fully realized hallway in the next scene in just such a cool way. And again, this, this is the type of animation that people have been recently trying to be like, oh, we need to step up our game. For example, you know, Puss in Boots uh, very much, uh, you know, dangles that line where it's like, looks like a traditional CGI 3D film. And then at times it moves like a comic book. It moves like a storybook. And it's wonderful to watch. And we can all, most of us who are paying attention to these animation breakthroughs give credit to Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Uh, groundbreaking in animation, completely groundbreaking. And actually Sony... Sony Animation has been doing their thing recently. Uh, you can look at the Mitchells and Machines as well. But this studio, El Geary, probably takes notes from what they're doing over there. And this looks absolutely beautiful to watch. I, I Words cannot really describe it, man. You just got to go and watch it. Uh, it. Just It literally looks like you got some, I don't know, CGI characters running around a canvas hopping from painting to painting. And it it's... It's spectacular, spectacular. Studio 88, uh, they're also CGI, but eh, it's like whatever. I think their biggest claim here is that so they're they're a Indian-based animation studio. And what I what I like what they do with this is that they infuse a lot of their core culture into their little uh short, which again, uh Star Wars. Star Wars, we have an interesting, uh, you know, conversation about Star Wars and representation. You don't see it a lot. Uh, not that any of these planets need to necessarily be representing one culture specifically, but oftentimes we don't see many cultures in our world being represented in Star Wars when here is a galaxy that's so vast and wide that we should have a multitude of people of color people representing different cultures and again you don't have to pay homage directly to one culture you can take like you know i imagine bits and pieces and you know just allow people the opportunity to be like oh i see myself in that character i see my religion i see my culture i see my traditions in what they're portraying on screen and i think studio 88 did a great job of that i mean the main character is a young girl. I believe her name's Ronnie. And uh, she has like a headscarf on the whole time. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and then she also, there's many instances where you can see like what is clearly to be representative of Indian culture on screen. And if you know more than me, I would love to know if, if, if it's a specific religion or uh whatever i you can tell you can tell and it's not even a point to where it's like they're trying to like you know take established religions and cultures and implement them in star wars as far as oh these people are practicing the same stuff no they're just visually there for you to see they're visually there 
it's still a Star Wars tale, but yet we have representation here. And it honestly, that's cool. That's cool in my opinion. Because again, Star Wars, we don't get a lot of great representation. And again, it's one thing to just have characters on screen that look like you. It's another to where, oh, there's a possibility that the characters that look like you might also be doing similar things to what you're doing in our world too and that's fine it's still a star wars story some of us like to just put ourselves in these stories and be like how would it be different for us living in a galaxy far far away so i i applaud studio 88 for doing that i think they did a really good job with that and then lastly we have some 2d animated film uh shorts and again 2d animation we rarely ever see it anymore and yet when we do see it this is what we need to see so this studio from ireland uh cartoon saloon goodness gracious uh one i think that was probably the best chore and i'll get into it in a little bit uh it's just it's really just basic 2d animation but the style they choose to go for is there's an innocence to it to where you don't think you could get a gripping story but you can you can and it it works it works great it works great I'll get into that one. I guess again, I think that one's the best one out of volume two. Uh, so I'll be back. I'll be back. And then lastly, uh, Studio uh, La Cachette. Um, and hey, if I'm pronouncing any of these wrong, please correct me uh, in the comments and whatnot. Uh, La Cachette, they look like sketches, undone sketches. And it works. Like there are pencil. It looks like there are like, uh, it almost like, they were basing off of calligraphy and some of them seemed undone like outlines were not finished and it still looked wonderful these things look so good i don't know I, i'm not i'm not an animator but like what they do here i feel is so unique and so different from what you typically see on tv or in film i mean we don't see 2d animation in film like hardly ever anymore so what they're doing here some groundbreaking stuff and i think i recommend that people go watch star wars vision volume two i would say that even more so than volume one i really enjoyed volume two now you know that's the animation side of things uh again i you gotta watch it and let it uh it speaks for itself um as a star wars fan dare i say because again i'm like a lukewarm ha 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 luke skywalker i'm like a lukewarm star wars fan i indulge in star wars media i watch shows i watch the movies i watch a good amount of it i used to go on wikipedia enough times that's right folks there's a thing called wikipedia uh, <laughs> so i can hold my own in a conversation but i'm not out here like you know, like some of y'all fans be, I'm not, I'm not like that. But with that said, dare I say, these are some of the best Star Wars stories that I've seen in recent years, like a good amount of time. Um, and again, they're, they're doing these, these no short, I think is more than 20 minutes long. And yet we get some compelling stories that are better than some of the stuff they're putting out currently. Uh I mean, we get some classic stuff, you, you know, like Jedi versus Sith. Um, so specifically, uh, episode one, which is Sith by Studio Geary, the uh, studio from Spain, asks questions such as, you know, can us, I don't know, can Sith leave the Sith? Is that a thing? 
can we forsake the Sith? I mean, there's so much stuff that goes into becoming a Sith. And then yet someone is easily allowed to walk away. And from there, what do you do? What do you walk away to? Is there some kind of balance you're hoping for? And I think these are questions that it that episode poses. And uh, similar, similarly, the episode Journey to the Dark Head, which is Studio Mer, uh, kind of looks at from the Jedi perspective as far as, you know, Jedi are out here to be Jedi. And, you know, you're not supposed to dabble in with the dark side of the Force. And yet we get two stories that definitely kind of showcase that there's good and evil in all. And then also that balance is most important. Uh, even if you're trying to do away with evil, there needs to be balance. And that is a reoccurring theme for sure in all Star Wars media. Bring balance to the force. Uh, something that definitely is a polarizing topic when it comes to, you know, is there a better way for the Jedi to be Jedi? Um, why do Siths only deal in absolutes when, you know, where's the in-between? I'm hoping the Ahsoka show tackles some of the in-between. And these two shorts, I think, definitely did a good job at exploring, you know, just thematically what it means to maybe try to juggle both sides of the force and both interesting ways too because again one's from a former sith apprentice point of view and the other is from a jedi a young jedi uh who just lost his master to the sith and is dealing with the kind of the fear and whatnot uh so both very interesting both very interesting uh recently i'll, I'll say this too um there's been such a i mean in this in volume two specifically of star wars visions uh i found most of these episodes deal with like force sensitive children or just kind of uh, yeah 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 the force sensitive children sure and what i like about exploring this idea is simply that i mean we've seen the jedi we've seen the jedi uh we've seen you know variations of the sith what we rarely ever see is kind of you know here's a child here they are force sensitive and what now what do we do from here who is going to pick at them who might try to manipulate them where do their paths go and i think these shorts that do tackle these questions are definitely very interesting uh <laughs> i think i'll save the best for last uh you know we get some where it's like uh so in the stars for example uh you know, we get that the one of the main character, the elder sister, is revealed to have force powers at the end, which again, uh it doesn't mean you're a Jedi. You just you are one with the force or you are sensitive to the force and the forces all around us. Anybody could one day wake up and find themselves being able to manipulate the force. Themes I think Ryan Johnson also kind of tackles a little bit and towards the end of the last jedi and you don't have to be you know connected to this well-known star wars family like the skywalkers or i mean that's the really the only family we know to be honest but you don't need to be connected to any of those you could just be you know anybody can be sensitive to the force and we see that in in the stars uh we see that in the bandits of golok which is by 88 productions 
that was the Indian based one. That was a cool one too. We see uh, a young child who's, you know, she knows she's sensitive to the force and she, you know, manipulates it. She like floats and levitates things. And we see how her brother was taking her to be kind of uh, hidden because uh, they, and a lot of these are set during the empirical era, the empire is running. So if you're a force, if you're a force sensitive child, you need to, you know, probably go into hiding or dare become an inquisitor. If you're recruited by the inquisitorious, for those who don't know the inquisitors, go watch star Wars rebels, or you can maybe play star Wars, Jedi fallen order, Jedi survivor, etc. There'll be one show. If you're unfamiliar, I don't know. I don't know y'all's love a little star Wars fandom, but, um, yeah, the uh, oftentimes our paths are, you know, sometimes defined and sometimes they split for what from what we believe was our given path. Uh, in the episode, the pit, we see the well, world pit and owl song. We see kyber crystals at the center of these stories. And we see, you know, just the idea of, you know, the kyber crystals for those who don't know are, you know, what uh, is the it's called the heart of the lightsaber. Uh, that de- that determines the color. It reacts to you as a person and the force. And we see characters, you know, one, we see we see some like deep stuff. Like we got slaves, empirical slaves mining for kyber crystals. We see some folks mining for kyber crystals just so, you know, they can hopefully turn them from red, which, you know, obviously represents the dark side and whatnot. Uh, and just trying to do right by the kyber crystals and get them back to their pure nature and interesting concept because at the end of both of those we see our young child protagonists prove that they are sensitive to the force and they the kyber crystals react to them and that's we don't see the mythos of star wars is very like deep and yet we are often given the same things a lot of times um or like we don't we just don't like sink our teeth into some of these established parts of the star wars mythos that are really cool to be explored the fact that the empire has these people out here mining kyber crystals as slaves and then they leave them them there and go watch the pit again i'm not trying to be too spoilerish on a lot of these but uh these are themes that like I, like definitely showcase remember this thing is called star wars you know not that there needs to be a war every single time but there could be fallout of to war there can be um the prelude to war and how it comes about these are things that are worth exploring then there's other factions to look at too so uh i think the best episode regarding these like force sensitive children uh, again, I'm I'm not trying to be too spoilers. I gotta give it to Screechers Reach by Cartoon Saloon. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's like four children as the protagonist. They're off on it, goodness, and they dip into horror too. This is very horror vibe of Star Wars that you rarely ever see, and that was really interesting. To, and it was scary too. And again, this is a this is animated. I'm not. I'm not coming to Star Wars to be scared, and yet it was kind of scary at times. And 
the gut-wrenching ending of that short is gut-wrenching i guess um god i think it's the best one i'm and again i'm not trying to be spoilers but it's like you know the theme of that one was definitely like you know and again this idea of you don't know where your path will go can you define your path and that's always been a, a i would say a, a pillar of star wars is your path is ever changing can you you know choose your own path or is destiny already defined and screechers reach the ending of screechers reach just i think uh emotionally was probably the most emotional of these shorts and dare i say this this 16 minute short i think was better than all of season three of the mandalorian and better than the sequel trilogy of of star wars and i'm gonna stop right there before people start coming for my throat but goodness sometimes when you choose your path can't look back can't look back you're gonna have regrets you're gonna you know second guess yourself and that that screechers reach i'm telling you uh exemplifies that to a t it's phenomenal cartoon saloon is and again cartoon saloon's been in the game if you're unfamiliar with cartoon saloon uh they definitely have some academy award nominations under the belt i believe for films such as wolf walkers uh song of the sea and to name a few and goodness gracious these um yeah they did it they did a freaking great job man I, that's that's probably the one i really recommend uh goodness gracious uh, let me let me stop beating a dead horse for sensitive children seems to be a strong thing that or maybe when volume two is being pitched to these studios uh they said hey we like to see some for sensitive children episodes and they did it they did the thing they did the thing uh a lot of these are also set during yes i said the imperial you know era of time we see a lot of kind of again as i said like the fallout of war uh in the stars also tackles kind of you know there's this industrial pollution and why it's wrong in you know uh raiding lands of their resources and while you know if the more you take the more scarcity you leave behind uh their their water is polluted they're running out of land uh the indigenous people are being removed from their planet uh there's a lot of that going on in star wars these are and again these are like actual effects of war star wars and war is not just battle after battle there's repercussions there's you know traumatic effects uh their mother had died and you know one of them is dealing with the trauma of not trying to lose her younger sister and like that's real that's real stuff yo it's real stuff that's this is the kind of stuff star wars needs to tackle but and i'm not saying that not tackling it there are ways to do it which clearly can be better than what they've been putting out because if your characters do not sell you then we're not really going to gravitate to these stories your characters you got to do right by your characters we don't need a bunch of no names running around you give us like two characters to gravitate towards we'll gravitate towards them if you show us love towards those characters and i get it i get it and in the stars that's a really great episode i think to showcase kind of you know the multiple effects of war um 
the spy dancer i think is another one of my favorites that's from la cachette uh the french studio and again beautifully animated but here we are tackling themes of like indoctrination uh i feel there's partially colonization to be talked about too and assimilation as well and i guess assimilation and indoctrination kind of maybe go hand in hand again i am not an expert on this stuff but like the twist in that episode and again basic premise uh there is a Cirque du Soleil-esque uh place uh restaurant uh I don't know what to call it that fronts to and it's a front for the rebel alliance and they're out here you know gathering intel taking out and assassinating uh high officials and the main leader of this uh Loe uh something from her past comes to haunt her in the middle of one of these missions and what a beautiful twist what a beautiful twist let me stop um spy dancer definitely up there with one of my favorites as well because again the themes that they're choosing to you know tackle like identity crisis and you know uh the forsaking of your culture it's like stuff that's real like that happens all the time in war and fallout and i'm like damn star wars you might need to give these people the film let them do a film because we ain't really get that at all in some of these films and you know i get it there's like this like fairy tale like aspect some people want out of star wars specifically i think of you know like jj abrams during the uh sequel uh trilogy which we did our sequel trilogy deep dive for all three films. You can go check that out later as well. But like, yeah, grow with your audience. Grow with your audience. A lot of us have grown up with Star Wars. And yes, there needs to be shows to reintroduce, you know, new generations. But, you know, we're mature. We like maturity. And don't think that young children can't be mature as well when it comes to some of these themes and topics like. You know, challenge your audience. You know, don't give them the same old stuff. And again, some of these shorts are giving us stuff that I swear is better than half the stuff they're putting out. Now, again, I'm I'm not I'm not being as forthcoming about what is given. Y'all have to watch it on your own. Uh, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. But again, all of these are beautifully animated. Uh, thematically, they are very moving and touching at times. And there is just some really quality action, too. Like, if you here for the action set pieces of Star Wars, you got it. It's here. Uh, shoot. Um, the Spy Dancer, I think, moves brilliantly through their action bits. Um, the Journey to the Dark Head is probably the most stylish. And again, that's the most anime-looking one, and so it looks great. Um, you know, I haven't talked much about the pit, but... um. Yeah, I'm gonna let it speak for itself. Pit, again, I think again if if it ain't action heavy, it's beautiful to look at. All right, same thing with Owl's song. Uh, again, I'm throwing some names at you. Go on Disney Plus. The names are right there for you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna stop right there. As far as you know, I talked about these studios, different animation styles, the themes, the action. But what does this all mean? What does this all mean for Star Wars content? 
Well, nine different studios across the globe were given the chance to do what they wanted with Star Wars content. You know, they didn't they didn't have to stick to any rules. They didn't have to stick to restraints from, you know, the films or any of the series. They were given free reign and they came up with some very original ideas. Some of them, again, definitely things we've seen in Star Wars, which is fine, but they all did a really good job at making it their own and even tackling some things that we haven't seen in Star Wars. And I think all of them did a great job at giving you a character to gravitate towards. And we may not have known everything about them or an hour and 30 or an hour, two hour, two hours worth of information about them. But they did right by those characters with their original ideas, with, you know, Star Wars traditions and themes throughout. And in those 16, 15 minutes, they really had compelling stories. There are many facets of war. We don't just need space battles. We don't just need lightsaber duels. You know, give us give us multiple avenues. Uh, I have yet to actually thoroughly sit down and watch Andor, but I hear Andor does a very good job at that. So I'm going to have to come back and tell y'all my thoughts on Andor here at the Yonko table. Uh, I think that's where we need to move to. Um, Storytelling wise, a lot of these stories again, it they 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 care more for the characters than the spectacle of Star Wars. You know, the spectacle comes later. You got you got to establish your characters first and give us a reason to care. Um, the main character of Screechers Reach, uh, Doll, played by Eva Whitaker, damn near in tears. Damn near in tears. The journey of Koten and Tashina of In the Stars. Excellent. Excellent. Even the silliness of I Am Your Mother, which is the Ardman one, following Kalina and Ani. And then, yes, I am reading these off of the wiki site right now. I, I, I care about these characters in these 15 minutes. Like, it's crazy that... They, they could do that. Like some Star Wars movies, you care about one character for two hours and the next movie, you don't give a damn about them. That's wild. That's wild. Like, why are we doing this? We need to care about what we're watching, who we are watching. Story comes next. Give me a reason to root. I'm rooting for this young pairing of Ara and Toll from... Journey to the Dark Head seems like a cool little maybe romantic pairing. I don't know because one's a Jedi and, you know, they got their code. And this girl comes from a group of people who make predictions and premonitions. I'm like, okay, cool. That's an interesting dynamic. They told that to me in 15 minutes. And I care. They need to push the characters and the storytelling and let the spectacle come after because i guarantee you that spectacle makes not a lick of sense you're gonna have the freaking rise of skywalker again which i don't think sits well with anybody if it does sit well with you 
I don't know what to say. But if it does, sure. And again, I said this earlier with the Studio 88 uh, short. Representation matters. Representation matters. Representation matters. I'm going to say it again. Uh, I didn't even talk about the pit that much here. I'll talk about the pit right here. The pit has like a whole black cast. Are they slaves? I just realized all this. Yes. Uh, that does not mean all black people in Star Wars are slaves. Have we seen black stories or black coded stories about slavery before? Sure. I'm just happy to see that David Diggs and Anika Noni Rose are here. Either way, representation matters. I would love to see myself in a character who doesn't get shafted midway through a trilogy. <laughs> Finn! <laughs> or gets murdered. My window. <laughs> I need to stop. Representation matters, folks. Like, again, just the color of your skin, we'd love to see it. But again, I applaud Studio 88 for literally showcasing Indian culture throughout. I'm, I am not Indian myself, but I'm sure some people may be able to call out some things that they recognize and be like, oh, wow, cool. They added that. That's unique to my culture. I People love that. The Journey to the Dark Head. Again, that's a Korean studio. The whole cast was Korean. Daniel Day Kim is here. Ashley Park. If you know them, they're here. They're Korean actors. They voiced that whole thing. That's great. You know? Like, I'm tired of only seeing British and American accents in Star Wars. Why? I mean, I know there's some others. Don't get me wrong. I know there's some others. Uh, and I know definitely, like, shows like The Clone Wars and The Rebels definitely have more. Uh, but we need more. We need more. Have more. Goodness gracious, don't even get me started on the whole thing about Cal Kestis supposed to be black. I'll save that for later. We're probably going to have a whole podcast on uh, Jedi Survivor. So stay tuned for that. But either way, representation matters, folks. It's it's 2023. Can we get some people of color in Star Wars with more prominent roles and whatnot? We love to see it. We love to see it. But listen, I'm not going to take your time for too much longer. Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus right now, volumes one and two. Are out now. 18 episodes total, nine per season. Go check it out. Again, a fantastic job. Great storytelling, great characters, and great animation. All forms 2D, 3D, CGI, stop motion, claymation. It's all there. And it's great. It's and it's it's very refreshing as a Star Wars fan to watch some of this stuff. I'm not out here. Being like, man, they got that wrong. Sith can't do that. Oh, man. Yet I can't do that. Are they on Tatooine? Why did that play? I, no, you know, no, 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 no. You just go in. You enjoy it. It's 15 minutes long. And it's, I'm telling you, some of the best Star Wars content out there today. All right. That's all I got to say about Star Wars Visions. Uh, if I missed anything, of course. Well, let me do the spiel real quick. Um, Star Wars Visions. Disney Plus. Go watch it. And if you tune in, thank you for listening on your various podcast stations, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for always following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
We got things trying to pop off on TikTok. Dr. Jace, who's not here with me right now, he's making things pop on Twitch. Go check him out. And then, of course, if you want to join in this conversation at any point, please join the link below and join the Discord. And we can discourse this a little more. All right. Because I'm sure I'm missing some things. I was just giving y'all this is like a brief little deep dive. Ain't nothing too crazy. All right. You know, we can go in for days, but I'm here by myself, which is fine. But uh, without further ado, that is it for me. Grandmaster Who on Star Wars Visions Volume 2 out now. I'm going to close things off with. I don't even know what to close, th- close things off with. I could sing Awu's song. I would, but I do not remember how it goes. So that's fine. Listen. Be one with the force. I don't know. Maybe I'll do my best. Uh, I don't know. You want to hear impression? I don't know. The force is strong. I don't know. Let me stop. All right. Take care.